Hey guys, welcome to the Young Shepherd Podcast, a podcast for young adults navigating life, ministry, and everything in between. I'm your host, Jared Cobert, and I'm joined with your other host, Mike O'Daniel. Hey guys, what's going on? What's going on, Mike? Uh, you know, not too much. Uh, excited to be back, and this time to talk to you, Jared, talk to you about uh, your life, your testimony of how God brought you to this place, to uh to the ministry that he's called you to now and excited to really uh to dive into your story this time i know that last time we talked about how god brought me uh to being a youth pastor and so thought this time we'd just talk about you yeah that's uh if that's cool with you no yeah you know it's it's what i came here for oh well you know <laughs> imagine if i said no I did. Well, that would be a short podcast, bro. Be a very short. That'd podcast. be a short podcast. So, so Jared, just tell me. What, you know, uh, you started me out with the uh, the question last time. So I'll, I'll do. I'll I'll keep it going. Are you a Christian? I am. I am. I'm. Uh, I'm trying to be a little version of Jesus. You know, just trying to be a Christian. What What does that mean? What does that mean, Christian? You know, I, I think in in its simplest form. Is what it originally meant, which is just to be a, a, a little version of, of Christ, right? In the same way that maybe you, your daughter, right? Someone can see your daughter and think, oh, it's a little version of Mike, right? I want people to see me, see my actions, see my attitude towards everything and say, oh, man, that's, you're just like Jesus. You're like a, like a little version of Jesus, like his little brother. Um, and that's what, uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm striving for. Uh, well, so then explain to, to, to me, how did you... How did you come to that decision? Yeah, so um, I come from a split family. Um, when I was when I was five, my my parents split. Um, it, it wasn't a messy divorce, um, but it was a, a divorce nonetheless, which, which makes life hard. My my mother, um, you know, was with my younger sister, and and I went with my father. Um, my mother growing up, she was like a non-denominational. It was really interesting. My mother got saved around the same time. So I actually got to watch my mom become a Christian. You know, I have memories of her, um, slowly becoming more and more like Jesus. And that was around the same time. So around five, six years old. Five years. So maybe like a year after they split my mom. So maybe about six. So do you remember a visible change as that you could see even at five, six years old? That she went through, yeah, a little bit. I what what I remember more is is asking questions to her about why we're doing this now. So I remember asking like, oh, like why are we going here now? Like why do we? Why can't we sleep in on Sunday anymore? Like why are we going here? So I I, I remember those changes, um, quite quite visibly. And the church helped my mom out. My mom now being a single mother. Uh, my mom got a job working custodial at a, at a fairly large church. And so they helped her out a lot. And um, that's, that's, that's what I remember. I remember the church helping my mom. And I remember, the, my, I remember just asking a lot of questions. And my mom not always having answers. Like I look back now and um, I mean, like answers that like my mom gave me, like I think at the time as a kid were fine. But like looking back now, I was like, oh, like I think I would answer differently. But mm. she was also a new believer, right? So you Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so but my, my father was... Um, uh, we moved, we moved to North Carolina. My father went to um, a small Baptist church, and uh, that that was really interesting. So I I would say like both my parents were Christians, but we didn't grow up in a, in a what I would call a Christian household. So, in the sense that um, yes, we were Christian, but maybe like 
certain certain like values were instilled like early on certain things you know what i mean there were still fights occasionally yeah it was new so like both my parents were very new to church um i didn't i i grew up um christian but i didn't grow up in in a solid christian household you know i mean we we didn't um we didn't read our bibles together as a family we didn't do family devotionals you know it was it was more kind of just like hey like we're going to church and that's the end of it i think that's What's funny, you say all those things. Those are things that I did. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's really cool that God uh, is using both of us from such different church upbringings. Because no. I, yeah. I was the family that, you know, if we didn't go to church on a Sunday, we had family church. Mm. You know, we were, my mom, I'd wake up on a Saturday morning. I vividly remember that she would make sure that I sat down and read a devotional before I played my video games or, you know, I, those things were instilled in me since I came out the womb, those things were immediate. And so, and to hear, you know, that that's not something that you came from, it, it shows that, you know, God can take people from two completely different backgrounds and bring them to a saving knowledge of him yeah that's funny i it's funny you mentioned that i have a memory of my father um we, we, we were swinging by the church for some reason i, I forget what it was and my father ha- had dropped his cigarette off at the edge of like the church parking lot and then when we left it, we were only there for maybe a minute he he it, it was he didn't smash it out it was still lit so he actually picked it up off the ground and kept smoking as we left so <laughs> So, so to say we're we come from a, a few a little bit of different yeah 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 so yeah, it was, yeah i had a very surface level christian upbringing but he, but i'm grateful because that nonetheless it was a foundation and it led me to where i am um again coming from a split family pretty nasty um so my parents split when i was five mm-hmm. come maybe when i was around 12 um my, my father goes um to jail and I have to move from North Carolina, a small rural town in North Carolina. I have to move to Southern California to live with my mom. And um, it, it was a culture shock, to say the least. Well, uh, what, what age was this? So it was seventh grade, I believe. So I was Probably maybe 12. Tw- yeah, about 12. It was, I remember I came, because it was very last minute. I came December 24th, 2012. December... Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve. So, Merry Christmas, you wake up in a new state. Pretty pretty much too and it was um and it it, it was a uh, it was my first time like flying on a plane and I was like by myself and I was uh, and I was 13 because you have to be 14 to fly alone. So they lied and said I was 13. And so I, I was I was anxious the whole time. I had like four layovers. First again, first time flying alone. Flying in general, and I was flying alone. It was very very anxious. Um, but hey, I, I made it nonetheless. Um, I left early in the morning. I got there late at night because of all the layovers, and uh, and yeah. So I, I moved to California, and my my uncle owns a restaurant in, in downtown Palm Springs, which is a, a fairly secular part of California. And I'm uh, I'm there, and my mother's going to church there. And before my mom was going to a very large church. Um, you know, a couple thousand people. In, back in North Carolina, she was going to a large well, church. Well, she was living in Florida, so I, I should say that. She was living in Florida. Gotcha. 
she then moves a year later. I then move out to California okay. with her. Gotcha. She's now going to a church called Calvary Chapel. And, and if you don't know anything about Calvary Chapel, um, the pastors, the dress code at a Calvary Chapel is much more relaxed than, um, say, uh, a Pentecostal or, or, say, a Baptist church. So coming from that background of, of primarily going to Baptist churches, then going to a Calvary Chapel, I saw a man in a Hawaiian shirt and, and, and a handlebar mustache up there. And I, and I think, I'm thinking he's, he's doing, like, the announcements. And then he just keeps going. I'm like, when is this dude going to get out of the way to have, so the pastor can teach? And then I realized, like, oh, he is the pastor. <laughs> This, 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 you know, open-toed, sandals, Hawaiian shirt, you know, man, man is the pastor. And um, I, I slowly fell in love with him, and I fell in love with his message. And his message was this, that Jesus loves you, um, that he, he's here for you, and the best way to know him is to read your Bible and pray every day. Um, and and I, I took that to heart, um, and I, I very quickly um, jumped first into the church. And, and the reason that was is I had a lot of resentment towards my father, Mm. Um, for for abandoning me, and I had a lot of resentment towards my mother because I felt she had also abandoned me. I felt she had just left me to fend by, by myself with my father. So I I had resentment for when both she, of them. When she moved to Florida, yeah. So when when we moved away, when when my parents got a divorce and I moved with my father, I, I had resentment towards my mother um, because from the time I was say five to thirteen, I saw my mother. Uh, we talked on the phone maybe once a month, and I saw her for maybe a couple weeks in the summer, and that was it. Damn. So I, I didn't have a, a very close relationship with my mother, and there was there was a lot of resentment there. And so um, I'm now living with my mom. I have resentment towards her. And you have resentment towards your dad. Yeah. And you come to this Calvary Chapel there in, in Palm Springs. Yeah. And a guy with a handlebar mustache is up preaching that Jesus loves you and that the way to get to know Jesus is to read your Bible, and that... And that changes your life. Yeah, it changes my life. There, there was, there was a pretty, there's, so there's two other pivotal moments. It was a lot of things that happened really fast. One was a conversation that I had um, with a friend of mine. So I was talking to a friend from North Carolina, and um, me and him were talking. And his grandmother takes the phone, and she says, "Hey, Jared, I just want you to know that God is going to be a better heavenly father than your earthly father ever was," and and, and that and that stuck with me. And, and I remember in that moment, um, praying audibly, you know, God, I, I, I need you to, um, I need you, it's just me and you, right? I, had, I, I always had this mentality, like, it's me and, me and you against the world. It's me and God against the world. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really have a lot of love for both my parents, and I have a lot of trust for both my parents. Um, to, to put it, like, in, in the clearest way, if I decided to kind of mess up my life and go into a rehab, neither one of my parents were going to be there to bail me out and, you know, help, like, you know, wing me back to health, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I knew that I had one chance. I had no mess-ups, and I needed God every step of the way. The second moment, I would say, that, that really changed my life. So, so after that, maybe, like, fast-forward six months, the second event happens. But in this first, but in between, right, the, the, that six months, um, I had fell into what I would call, like, mysticism, and I, and I kind of became like what's called a Christian mystic. So um, kind of this mix of New Age and Christianity. Yeah. I was just about to say, could you could you further explain? So so it's the New Agey kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but mixed in with some, Christianity. some Christian. Yeah, so a good example of that would be um, to be New Age means you, you, you hold a lot of value in horoscopes. Yeah. Right? And so a Christian mystic perspective would be, 
Um, yes, horoscopes are true because they, they work with, you know, they're made by like the alignment of the stars and, and God controls the stars. So God, so God decides the horoscopes. And so that, that, that would be an approach to it. You're, you're kind of like half in and out. And gotcha. um, I remember I was living at my sister's house at the time. I was staying with her for a couple months. And I, I had this dream, maybe a nightmare. And, and pretty much what happens is um, I'm at my mom's house and myself, my mother, and my stepfather are arguing about something. And I believe it was something to do with my little sister. I was complaining how she gets away with whatever she wants. I, I don't remember. But I, the point is I was being disrespectful to my parents. I look up, and where we lived, we had, we had a nice, clear view of a mountain called San Jacinto. And I see this, say, mile-long asteroid coming coming towards the mountain. And uh, I realized that this was it for me. There was no saving me. There was no, there's nothing else. There's nothing I could do. So I kind of throw up my hands and I'm like, God, God, I'm ready. And, and, and this asteroid comes and it hits and there's this big flash of white. And the next thing that happens is I'm in a lake of fire. Um, and, and the best way to describe it, it, it wasn't like lava in the sense, as much as it was, there was just a, 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 imagine drowning in fire. That's the best way to put it. And so I'm like frantically trying to stay above the flames um, and, and there's no one else around me. And, and I just think to myself, it was my fault. I, I don't have like anger towards God, but I just think it's my fault. Like I knew what I needed to do and I just didn't do it. It was my fault. I wake up, it's maybe two in the morning. I think, oh, that's really weird. It's like my second nightmare I'd ever had in my life. I don't get them often. Fall back asleep, wake up, check my horoscope like I did every day. And my horoscope said, you had a dream last night. It's going to change your life forever. And, and that was the last time I checked my horoscope. Um, for, for me, like, I, I, I knew, like, in that moment, I knew, like, this, this living halfway in, halfway out, um, for me, was just a means to justify my sin. And so mm. it, was, um, it, it, it was a hard stance that kind of, like, God took, right? And, and for me, that's what I needed. I, I needed a dream. Um, and so that was when I was, I was at that time, I, w- I was 14. Okay, so high school. High school age, probably a freshman. Freshman maybe. in high school, yeah. Freshman in high school, and so so you have these two pivotal moments in your life, mm-hmm. uh, where you realize that man, uh, first of all, that God is going to be a better parent to you, a better father to you, uh, than your earthly father ever will be, and then this this dream that God, this this nightmare that God gives to you to show you that you know you know what's right yeah and you know that you need to make the decision from here on out at age 14 and is 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 that what you then end up doing is that would you say that's the moment that you became a a a follower of Jesus yeah that's when i say i i committed my life uh, at that point for me there was there was I, no I going would. back yeah there was there was Bro, no after, going back after a dream like that yeah all right all right God, yeah, I, the, I, I, yeah i, I was i was i was in I, I was i was cemented there was no going back um and so that that was maybe like towards the middle of high school um, middle of freshman year. yeah middle of freshman year my bad so and, how did that change you how, you had this incredible in, encounter with the lord and it cemented you into being 
uh, a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, what was the change like in Jared? Yeah, so I, I stopped reading my horoscopes. I stopped putting um, faith or um, power or really just any kind of merit towards psychic readings, toward palm readings, toward anything of the mystic arts. I, I kind of put that away. Were those things that you did on a regular basis, palm readings in, 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 in those types of things? Not, not on a regular basis, as much as um, I, I, I held reference for those. You know what I mean? I, gotcha. I believed there was some truth in that. There was a belief that. in those. There, okay. there was a belief in those. Even if I myself had never had my palm, palm read, which, which I didn't, right, I, I was still interested in it, right? Sure. I would, I'd still be willing to do it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. That happens. Um, now, in, in the next three months, so two other things happened. So it, for me, it was a very fast thing. The, the immediate change in my life is I, I put away all those um, – all those things that like were like mystic in a sense, uh, started going to the Christian club at my school, started going to Bible studies more, more reliably, started telling my friends about Jesus, right? Um, I, I, I became known as like the Christian kid. Sure. Right? That, that's, that's what it was for me. A couple months later, um, it, it's summertime and it, it's time for Christian camp, right? And so I, I'm at Christian camp, and, and I would call it um, a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Okay. Is, is what I would call it. And it was pretty much just an experience that I had between me and the Lord. And it was just, what, the best way I could describe it is maybe um, an extra serving of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm. Um, and I, for me, that's where I feel like I, maybe I got some of my more, more like spiritual gifts from. Um, and, and, and again, that was just a, a very powerful moment. In my life, the, the the real kind of um, send off for me, right? That the thing that really kind of like nailed the coffin. If all those things didn't do it before, what really nailed in the coffin that put me on this track where I am now is one day we're going to a, a, a beach trip. In my youth group, we would do it every summer, and none of my friends were able to make it. And I'm I'm, I'm about to become a sophomore. And so I'm hanging out with all these, these freshmen and I'm sitting in the back of the, the church van um, with these girls that are about to be um, high schoolers. And they're asking me questions about like what classes I'm taking and, you know, what special programs I'm in. And I'm like, I'm in like no special programs. Like, I don't know. Like, why do I need to be in a special program? Why do I need to be in like special classes? And they're like, well, Jared, like if you're not in those special classes, then you're not going to get into the college you want and you're not going to be able to do like the job you want to do one day. And I was like, oh, man. I, I had never once put an ounce into secondary schooling, any thought of it. And so now all of a sudden, like, I'm having a group of people who are younger than me saying, bro, if you don't, like, we're getting on this now so we can get ahead, you're, like, already behind. Like, you're going to, like, you're not going to get into the school you want. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't even know, like, before I know what school I need to get into, I need to find out what I need to do, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing all these career aptitude tests, and, and they're not giving me, you know, answers that I find are, like, reliable or truthful, and I'm just like, oh, I just don't know, right? Fast forward, we're at the beach trip, and I'm sitting there with my youth pastor. And I'm, I'm just kind of like waiting, and this senior comes around. His name was uh, Jacob Corrado. And none of Jacob's friends were able to come. And Jacob says, hey, man, do you want to go out, like, b body surfing? And I think, yeah, like, and my mindset is, Jake, like, I don't have any friends. He doesn't have any friends. He's trying to be, like, a good, like, Christian example to me. Um Right. So we get out about chest deep, you know, like just enough where you can't run away. And um, 
he looks at me, he says, hey, man, I'm not here to take you body surfing. And I'm like, oh, okay, what's up? He was like, God told me to tell you that you've been worrying about uh, what you're going to do in life and that he wants you to work for him. And as long as you do that, he's going to take care of you. And I said, oh, okay. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, that that works for me. Um, and so... <laughs> you had such a nonchalant reaction. I got, like, goosebumps. I, 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 I had... Well, like I said, I was chest deep in the water. And like I said, all the... So, like... And that that all those, like, four events happened within the span of maybe a year. It, it was very... There was never really a time in my life, like, where it was... Um, where I had much time to backslide. It, it was it was a very, like, boom, boom, boom thing for me. Sure, yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so grateful for that. And then me and Jacob then had maybe a two-and-a-half-hour conversation walking up and down the beach. Um, and this is a guy who I'd never talked to beforehand. We talked for maybe two-and-a-half hours about... Um, just obedience and what that looks like. And, and he had felt the same calling on his life. So he was saying what he was going to do. He was talking about, you know, Bible college and, and whatnot. And, and and that was really it. From that point forward, I started helping out at church. I started um, I started showing up early, leaving late, stacking chairs. You know, you know the, the typical things that most people start off with doing. But this is – but now this is not motivated by – because – you know, if you recall from my story, I knew how to play play church and make people, you know, think that I was the good Christian kid. Mm. My motivation was people pleasing. Your motivation after this year of God just speaking into your life, of God uh, giving you dreams, of God speaking through other people to you. This is now motivated by, man, Lord, I can tell that you love me. And I just, I just want to work for you. Yeah, no, and I definitely was, and I'm really glad that I was brought up, at least in my Christian, you know, life in my Christian church. I, I was brought up where a lot of things that maybe aren't normal to other people are normal to me. Mm. So, for instance, helping out and like during VBS, right? That wasn't like a hard decision for me. My mom was just like, "Oh, people are helping out with VBS," so I just thought, "Oh, that's what Christians do. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna help out with VBS, right?" Or, like, you know, like, Christians, like, prayers. Like, oh, I guess I'm just going to start praying, right? I, I didn't really have, like, this... Because my family didn't grow up um, in a way where I had um, a lot of, ex- like, firsthand experience on what it meant to live in a healthy Christian household, I, once I did become a Christian, I, like, desired that. It was just whatever people said. Like, oh, people read the Bible. Like, oh, I guess I'm going to read my Bible. You know what I mean? It, it, it wasn't a thing where, like, because I'd grown up with it, like, maybe I had, like, resentment towards it. I was just like, oh, this is just what I'm going to do now, I guess, you know, and, you know, like the mission trip, like, oh, like, I guess I'm going to go on a mission trip. That's what Christians do. And so, like, for me, like, there wasn't a lot of, um, I guess, arguing with oneself, if that makes sense, where, like, maybe you kind of talk your way out of it. You're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do it. It was a very kind of ignorant, like, okay, I guess I'm going to do it. This is what, this is what people who love Jesus do. Yeah, this is what, this is what Christians do. So, um, I did that shortly then after I'm sitting with a friend of mine in church. And uh, he, he, he's a new kid to the area. And he was going to go to the school, Cathedral City High School. And I had thought, oh, man, like, that sucks. Like, Cathedral City, like, was kind of known for a school that you go to if, like, you're just either A, gang-related, or B, you're trying to slide by. And so the school I was going to, Palm Springs, had three Christian clubs. And I knew Cathedral City had none. 
three Christian clubs. Yeah, there were there were three Christian clubs. Whoa, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that, I was <laughs> sorry. I I'm sitting here. I was thinking about the 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 Christian club at my own high school. It was just one. It was like twenty kids. Three, that's that's crazy. Yeah, there, there was one larger that had about 50 kids and then maybe another one with – the two other ones had maybe like 10 kids each. Um, and so I was just going to all of them. And it was like this is just what Christians do. So when, when I hear this kid's going to Cathedral City High School, I think, oh, that sucks. There's no light there. That, that was my thought. And, and I could almost like audibly hear God's voice in the back of my mind during worship said, well, why don't you go be the light? And so um, – Without telling my mom, I had my cousin take me to the school district office to put in a request to switch schools. And my mom didn't like me going. My mom didn't like the idea of me going to Cathedral City. She felt that at Palm Springs, I had a better chance of playing sports and better chance at um, maybe more the liberal arts, theater, acting, stuff like that. Cathedral City wasn't really known for anything. Or even progressing further in education. Exactly. And so she saw me, go, and my mom was very mad. And, you know, I told her, I said, Mom, like, I have to. Like, this is what God told me to do. Like, I have to do it. I, I have to do it. And so I go, and I, uh, I walk into the only pre-existing Christian club they had at the time, which was Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Wow, FCA, yeah. And, and, and there, there was, like, they had no, no kids there whatsoever. And so I walk in, and I, I tell them, like, my kind of with the story, what I just told you, all those events. And I said, so yeah, God, God brought me here to like to start a Christian club, and they were like, "Cool, it's yours. You're the president now." And I was like, "Awesome!" And so, <laughs> and so I, I I then ran the Christian club for the next three years. Um, I, I think at our height we had about uh, fifty kids. Um, we actually made it into a commercial for uh, FCA, and so that that was kind of cool. Um, but I, yeah, I spent my next three years uh, of high school. Being a Christian, you know, just kind of being like, a.k.a. that Jesus kid, you know, for, for, for a long time. Jared, a.k.a. that Jesus kid? Is that, is that what you went by in high school, too? Just well, that, that was my Twitter handle uh, when, I, when I still had a Twitter. <laughs> a.k.a. that Jesus kid? Um, it, you know, it's the more I listen to your story, uh, you, for somebody who, who really grew up in a Christian home and a Christian environment and, and, and was, you know, pounded w- with the gospel growing up in every which way, um, which is awesome. And, and I love looking back and going, man, that foundation was awesome. At the same time, I'm, I'm sure there's there's a lot of people out there who may have a feeling of, Man, Jared's story is what I want. Uh, meaning, I want God to come into my life and, and, and speak to me in real ways. If God would just speak to me in real ways, yeah, of course I would follow him. Um, and I, I, I think I, I say all that because... Um, I think there's a couple of, of different reasons. Um, number one, just because you know I grew up in a in a Christian home that that had that strong foundation, and you grew up in a Christian home that didn't have as strong of a foundation, um, doesn't mean that you are any less qualified 
to be a, in ministry. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm any more qualified to be in ministry. Um, and then the second thing that I want to say is that the Pharisees heard Jesus speak. And they didn't follow him. And so I would just encourage those who who are just sitting there waiting for God to speak to you. God has spoken to you. And he has said in his word that he loves you and that he wants you to, to drop everything. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and start following him. Even though it may not be as, you know, quote-unquote cool as Jared's story... God is God's already spoken to you and now you just have to make the the decision to to start moving forward in in serving him just like Jared did just like I have been doing so I I know it's a little off topic cuz we cuz we you know this is supposed to be an introduction but I just felt like that was necessary for somebody who may be listening um and even for me because I I still always want those those times of the Lord where he speaks to me in crazy ways like he did to you yeah, and, and moves you. So I'm, I'm sorry I did that, but we'll, no, let's, no. let's get back on track. So um, unless you had a follow-up to that. If... No, no, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, there are um, – I was talking to some kids today in, in uh, John 4, towards the end. A man comes and he asks Jesus to heal his son. Jesus said, you, you wouldn't believe or you won't believe until you see signs. And so I explained to kids that what if this son's illness was meant to just, if the sole reason that he was to get sick was so he could then be healed. And, and God knew that from this one child's temporary illness would bring everlasting life to not only him, his father, but the whole household. And I, I, I look back and I think of um, I think of times when I was a kid and, and we had to live in a motel. I think of my, my father being arrested and, and me kind of being abandoned and just waiting for my aunt to pick me up afterwards. I think of kids making fun of me because my father was arrested. I, I think of just, just all these other things, right? And I think that if, if none of those wouldn't have happened, it wouldn't have brought me to a place in which I was ready to hear God's voice. And, mm. and for me, that I knew, like, I think God knew that's what I needed. And, and then from that, it, was just, it just became a, a series of me just saying yes, right? Like, I'll, I'll always say yes. And I think that's the key. If, yeah. if, if we're going to follow Jesus, it's no longer uh, about us. It's, the only thing that matters about us is for us to keep saying yes. Yeah. To whatever he he asks for us. So mm-hmm. let's let's keep going. So you get you get through high school and you've you know run a Christian club and uh successfully, obviously the Lord has done amazing things in your life. Um where 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 do you go from there? So when I graduated high school, the only thing was on my radar was I knew I could get a summer job at a Christian camp that I had previously gone to as a student. It was called Pine Summit. It was run by um, Salvation Army. And I knew I could go there, and I knew that I'd be able to um, just be a Christian. 
Yeah. And my uh, idea was maybe I would go there. And then from there, I would just go back to my home church. Get maybe some part-time job and serve at my home church. That was really it. But no no college on, on the radar or no. nothing? Because you, you knew from age 14 that God had something... Yeah, I knew, I knew that I wanted to be in ministry. Yeah. And so I knew that if I just was faithful to... Someone one time told me, because my whole life's goal was just to work at a church. And then one, one time someone was like, oh, I know how you work at a church. I was like, how do you work at a church? He's like, it's really easy. I was like, well, tell me. And he said, just pick a church. He's like, be faithful. Always say yes. Always help out. And they'll eventually hire you. And I was like, oh, okay, for sure. And that, and that was my goal. My goal was just to help out at my church until they hired me. And then they eventually did. But I'm at summer camp, and um, Bible college would come into my mind, but I thought, well, that's kind of like a silly thing to do because all these different seminaries put all their classes online for free, so why would I go somewhere and pay for it? Like, it's it's for free online, you know? I can just, the same books they're reading, I can read too. Yeah. Like, why why would I pay someone to tell me when to read? I'll just do it on my own time. And so, one day I... um. I, I'm at my Christian camp and I actually leave to go to a different Christian camp to be a student because I was considered an outgoing senior so so I could do that and I did that and there someone um, had handed me a string bag for a new Bible college that was starting up called Calvary Bible Institute. I then took that string bag and I went back to the camp that I was working at and I was wearing it around and all the campus is pretty much run by high schoolers, not uh, outgoing high schoolers, college age students, really. Sure. And they're all like, oh, like I'm saving up my money. So like my next semester, at, like Vanguard or like I'm saving my money for like GCU. And they're like, Jared, where are you going? And I'm like, um, and like, I want to be a part of the conversation. So I was like, oh, I'm going to CBI. But like I had no, no plans to. <laughs> But after saying it so many times, I was like, man, like, I don't want to be a liar. I should actually kind of look into going to this place. <laughs> so I, I look online and I'm, I'm getting more information about it. And I decide, well, you know, like maybe I should, I, I should call. And I remember it was August 4th I, I had called and, I, and it was like the last day to sign up. I remember like applications were due August 4th. So I call and then turns out I knew the guy who, who was running it. It was at, at a sister church. And I was like, hey, man, can I, um, is it too late for me to sign up? Like, maybe I can sign up for next semester. And he was like, oh, no. He was like, you can, you can, you can do it now. And I was like, oh, really? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. So um, next time I, I was in the area, I, I went and I um, picked up an application. And uh, the thing was, like, I was saving up all my, all my money from camp because they were feeding us. They were giving us a place to stay. And I was working full time at minimum wage. So my checks were coming out, too a little more than $800 bi-weekly, I would say. Um, and so as, as someone straight out of high school with nothing to spend my money on, I was, you know, you know, I, I was just saving it. And so we, uh, uh, me and my friends, we go down, we check it out. I'm like, yeah, I think this is the place for me. I'm, I'm praying one night and I'm thinking, um, you know, I want to go, but my thing is like, I don't want to have to ask my mom for money. And I, I was about $800 short for paying for my first semester. And my thing was like, I'll pay for my first semester. And after that, like, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm laying in bed and God, and God like, speaks to me. He pretty much says, um, hey, like, you're going to go and you're going to pay for all of it. Don't worry about it. 
the next day, the guy who runs the camp walked up to me and said, hey, we're, we're doing an extra two-week camp for, certain, for a special event. Do you want to be a part of the crew? It would you you get paid an extra two weeks, so I, I get paid an extra eight hundred dollars. Yeah, and so um, that that was exciting, and I think I had a hundred dollars left over, and it, it paid for my, all the books I needed for Bible college and all like the last supplies, and um, that 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 was a huge blessing, and um, and so I'll tell I'll t- share the story how I paid for a second semester. I I go up um, to church, and and there there was a gentleman there who um, was an elder in the church, and you know a, a real prayer warrior. And I go up to him because I know his sons and all of his daughters had gone to Bible college. So I had figured, you know, like he, he would know what to pray for. So I was like, hey, man, like, I'm going to Bible college. Can you just like pray for me? I don't know what to expect. And he says, well, how are you paying for it? And I was like, well, I've like paid for the first semester, but I'm kind of like just waiting to see what God's going to do for the second semester. And he says, um, OK, um, I'm going to pay for it. Um, and I said, oh, awesome, man. But I don't think he actually prayed for me. I think I just, after that, I just went back and sat down. Just walked away? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he prayed. For, I think, like, that was just... Uh, maybe, thanks, man. Appreciate maybe, it. Maybe instead of praying for me, maybe he just, like, was the answer to prayer. I don't, I don't know. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so he, that was a huge blessing. He ended up paying um, for my second semester of Bible college. Um, I, I, I do Bible college for um, a year. I love it. I go back to my home church. I served there for a little while, ended up getting this girlfriend, and, and me and her um, just fall heavy and, into moral sin, um, and just truly, like, slave to sin, I would say. Um, just, you know, a huge, massive moral failure. And I remember one day, one day we, we were, we, it got to the point to where we had to break up because it, it was so bad for both of us. And we weren't getting help. We weren't telling anyone, so we, we ended up breaking up. And then about two weeks later, even though we weren't dating anymore, we, we still fell into sin together again. And I remember just thinking, like, there's, like, no way out of this. Like, th- like this, is, this, is, this is a hopeless situation for me. I remember I was at, um, I was at a church event with a dude, and it was bad. It was, I couldn't even look myself in the mirror. Like, I, I hated myself. And um, one of the final straws for me was that I was at this, this church event. And there was this girl. She was maybe in sixth grade. And um, I was her youth leader. And we would have, like, a cool handshake. And me and her do it one day. And her dad walks up. And, um, man, her dad points to me. And he says, no, honey, stop for a second. I want you to look at that man. That's the kind of man you need to marry one day. That's a man after God's own heart. He, he loves the Lord. That's the kind of guy you need to be with. And I was like, no, 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 no. He's like, no, 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 for real. This is a godly man, and you need to find you need to find find a man just like him. And bro, it it ate at my soul. Broke you. Yeah. It it broke me. And yeah, I've been there. It was it was terrible. The worst. The what it was it, awful. It tore awful me apart. We 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 we, we fall in the sin. After after this guy says that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple days later, maybe the next day, maybe a few weeks later. I don't remember the exact day. We're at um, we're at church, and I'm I'm getting a bagel with a friend of mine beforehand, and he was also working at the church. And I said something to the extent of like, "Hey, man, uh, what would it take for you to like leave this job?" Because my 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 heart was like, "God, just give me a better job, or just give me like a job, and like I'll I'll quit this job." 
feel like a different. I was just a janitor there. I was like, God, just give me a better job or like a job, just anything, and I'll quit. Like I don't, I don't want to be the sin in the camp. Just just give me literally anything else. So I was talking to my friend. I was like, Hey man, what is that? Like, what would it take for you to quit? And he was like, Ah, oh, like maybe I have to get like a better job or like better benefits. I don't know. Like probably if I got better benefits somewhere else, I'd quit. And I thought, Oh man, like I don't want that to be me. And so we have. We're having guest worship one day. That with the same day that there's a guest worship leader, and the guy pretty much says, "Hey, God put it on my heart that someone has been praying about what what to do with their job, and God just wants you to know that you know, like you need to take that step or something like that." And so I knew that was for me. So I after church I go up to the assistant pastor who's also my youth pastor, and I said, "Hey, man, um, I, I've I've." I've been in like a sensual relationship for the past three months and like I need to resign. And he, he had a lot of grace with me, but I, the first words that came out of his mouth was like, dude, like that sucks. He was like, I'm so sorry for you. Like, I'm, so, I'm sorry you've been struggling with that. You know, and he was really apologetic and, um, and th- there wasn't a lot of, um, I mean, there's naturally shame that comes with it, but there wasn't like con- condemnation. There wasn't any, any condemning from him. Like, we both knew that I, I'd messed up, and he was like, I'm, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry that, that, that you've been struggling yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. I ended up maybe doing nothing for a month after that. Played a lot of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> got time on my hands. You know. I got you. Yeah. And um, the pastor at the Bible College had heard that I, I'd quit. And he pretty much said, hey, um, we're looking for a guy that um, we're looking for someone to help out with kids. Do you think you can fill that role? And I was like, um, yeah, I guess. But for me, it was a thing where like I enjoyed being at the Bible college and I was like, okay, sick. Like I could be at the Bible college for a little while longer before I figure out what I do. And like, I don't mind hanging out with kids. You know, it doesn't bug me. But the funny thing is, is I was there for maybe like three years. The Of that, like the first six months, I was literally just in the nursery because, like, they didn't, like, tell me to go anywhere. And they're like, oh, we're not sure. It, it was a transition thing. They were waiting sure. for someone to be transitioned out. He was going to go do a church plan or something. And so I was like, all right, cool. Like, I can be patient. And they're like, oh, thanks for being patient with us. I mean, they're, you know, they were giving me a place to stay and, like, food to eat. So I wasn't, you know, worried about it. So you're still just saying yes. Yeah, I'm still just saying yes. Um, and I, I literally served in the nursery for, like, six months, dude. It was the best time ever. Um, just holding babies. Just holding babies, dude. Because, like. Um, they can't tell on you either. They just cry, you know? And so, you know, I, I loved it. But um, we're, we're hanging out. Um, and, 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 I, and I do that for a while. I end up leading kids ministry for a while there. Um, maybe about, about a year, year and a half. Helping out the Bible college, you know. Um, I got the title Dean of Men. So pretty much did, like, counseling for the guys there. Um, in small conservative Bible college, maybe 30, 40 kids max. Um, there I met my wife, um, and, you know, really awesome story. She pretty much texted me one day saying she liked me, and I said, well, I'm not really interested right now. <laughs> and and we, so we became friends for a little while, and eventually we, we, we dated, um, got engaged, got married. Um, but we, it, it, you know, our engagement was, was, was pretty hard because um, it was during the COVID-19 pandemic. And so, 
the, the what was really tough is that um, I had this job lined up, running another Bible college somewhere. And um, that was kind of like our dream together. So that was like everything, everything that like as far as our relationship goes financially was like, well, like we're both called to work in Bible college. She was sent there uh, from the church that wanted to start a Bible college to learn how to run a Bible college. And I was being raised up to run a Bible college. To run a Bible college, sure. And so it was a very natural thing for us to be together. It, it was it was it was very easy. It was like, well, you're here to work at a Bible college. I'm here to work at a Bible college. Like, God ordained. This is this is it. This is it for us, right? And so, um, maybe like a month before our our wedding, maybe like two months before our wedding, um, the pastor from that church calls and says, "Hey, it's it's not going to work out. We have to. Um, we're going to have to postpone this for a couple of years. Um, we're just not ready." Hmm. And I I knew that God was calling me away from um, the church I was at. It was a beautiful church. Nothing was wrong with the pastor. Nothing was wrong with anyone there. It was just uh, time to move on. It was just time to move on. And yeah. I was really lucky. I, I had a pastor who was very understanding. And one day I was after church and I was like, hey, man, can I talk to you for a minute? He's like, yeah, what's up? And I was like, hey, man, I think, um, I, I, th- I think my time here is up. I think God's calling me to go. And he said, he said I think so too. And he was like... Um, he was like, "You're a fruit of this ministry, and if a fruit doesn't get if a fruit doesn't get picked when it's ripe, it becomes rotten, mm. and you don't want to become rotten fruit." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't." And so um, he, you know, where maybe some pastors can be very defensive of the people they hold on hold on to and who they raise up. He was very um, he was very gracious and very open handed yeah. with that. And so we, um, which is really cool because yeah, because obviously the the next part of the story. Uh, Leads you to uh, to where to you're where, at now. To where I'm at now, right? And to meeting me. Yeah, which it was... Which is obviously the most important thing that that happened in the past year. Oh, prob- the next, past like seven years, I'd probably say, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I mean... Really, you know... Visions from the Lord. All uh, to lead up to meeting, meeting your you. wife. Meeting it's all it, all it ends to it means just meeting Mike. Yeah, That's of it. course, yeah. Obviously. obviously. Um, I don't know where you're going to go from here, but... Yeah. So, uh, we... We get the news, hey, Bible College is going to work out. I'm like, oh, man, that's really tough. So I start looking for jobs, right, looking for other, like, pastoral jobs. And so um, Eureka, Eureka, California, pops on my radar. I have a connection with the church out there. Me and my wife, we go up there. We look at, we look around, and it just wasn't it, wasn't it. We spent a week up there. It was really nice. And kind of our fleece before the Lord was like, hey, if they can provide housing for us or at least enough money to, to afford housing for us, like we we'll, we'll be out there, and the last day we're there for five days. The last day he meets with the elders, and he he sits down and it was like late at night too. And he sits down and like the first thing he says is, "Bro, there's nothing in the account," and, <laughs> and like we both knew like ah oh, like that sucks, but we both talked and we were like, hey, like maybe I'm I'm just here to like encourage you in this time. Mm. And he and, and, and that that was kind of what his mindset was. So I was really gracious with that. There wasn't any obligation um, from him. And, and me and him, we're, we're good friends to this day. We go back. Um, we go from Eureka, California, down to San Jose, California, where my wife's family lives. Mm-hmm. And we stay there for Christmas. I end up texting my pastor from the Bible college 
and say, hey, I need, a, need, a, I need like another church if it didn't work out. He said, I, I think I may have something lined up for you. Let me, let me shoot you a text. So pretty much December 28th, my current pastor and the guy who I'm under now, Sean Sage, he messages my pastor, Gerald Hagerman, December 28th. December 29th, I reach out to Gerald Hagerman. And I say, hey, I need a place, a new place to go. I need a ministry. Yeah. yeah. He says, okay, um, give me a day. Let me talk to him and try to connect you guys. Right? He, he, he says, hey, I think there's someone in your area. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. The 31st. And I should say this: our, our flight leaves January second, so we're 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 a very short amount flight of time. Flight to where? Flight back home to SoCal, so to Yucca Valley, California. Gotcha. Back to the Bible College. He, on December thirty first, me and him talk for the first time. You and Sean. Me and Sean talk for the first time, and he he pretty much says, uh, "I say, hey, we have." our flight on the second so we could come down there on the first and our flight was in the afternoon so i was like maybe we could do like an early breakfast on the second what do you want to do he was like why don't you come up here tomorrow i said okay cool and and we come up here and he shows me um you know a student center they have it's called the sozo student center he shows me the church makes me um you know a milkshake we walk around the town and we spend maybe three or four hours together just talking um and you know about the job about about each other and he, he pretty much says like hey like you know long story short like hey we can give you a place to stay and we can give you a little, a little bit you know on the side um and so i was like okay then me and wife we got to pray about it or at time fiance we got to pray about it we we get in the car my wife's like hey i think this is it like this this seems like it'll work for us I said, okay cool um we pray for a couple more days January 6th, so maybe, you know, I got married on January 23rd, so maybe, like, two and a half, three weeks before my wedding, we're like, yeah, like, we're gonna, like, we're gonna take it, you know, let's do it, um, and, um, you know, Sean and his wife, Lindsay, they're very gracious to us, they prepared a place for us to stay, um, you know, they, they, you know, there's a lot of renovating to do, and so they, uh, you know, they took it upon themselves to... They did, I was, I was here, I, I was, obviously... I I'm under Sean Sage as well, being the youth pastor. So I was I was seeing all the preparations go into it, and so, um, you know, it was exciting to to hear about somebody who who wanted to come in and and help these kids. And I think uh, I know we're running short on time. Uh, I know it's gone longer than our previous one. So, um, I. But I know, looking back then, Sean was talking about you coming. And I I remember being really excited uh, because I knew that somebody who had a vision for, for where we're sitting in tonight, the Sozo Student Center, um, for the kids that are here that come in, hang out, um, man, it's... I let me just say I'm glad that the Lord brought you here. Uh, obviously, we like we said earlier, He was leading you to me because it was too. It's obvious. Yeah, I you know I can't think of anything you know more important in my life than you know you, bro. <laughs> you know, 
life relationship with the Lord. Yeah, no, yeah, like nothing really. No, there's I, we, no heretical things in those, yeah, those sentences. You know I mean? And I'm sure the same for you, bro. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm sure when you go to bed, you know, you you you're thinking about me, and of course, yeah, you yeah. know, and I you, you know, yeah, of course, you know, like David and Jonathan. That's you know, right. Just, that's just right. So <laughs> but um, yeah, man, that's that's how I ended up here, and so now me and my wife, we're. Um, you know, we're just trying to figure out how to be married. We're trying to figure out how to do ministry together. Um, and it's being married is a very interesting thing to to the extent of it's like doing a three legged race. And um, with a three legged race, um, you already know how to walk and your partner already knows how to walk. Yeah, it's a little bit harder to walk when you have someone else's leg tied to you. Mm. And so it's a matter of getting into that rhythm and walking together. Yeah. But, um, you know, if, if you can do it and you can do it right, you can be, um, you know, you can be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I, I think that's the people that we're trying to reach mm-hmm. are, are the people who are obviously, uh, fresh into ministry. Yeah. Who may be one, two, three, four years married, um, or no years or no years or, no years. you know, fiance yeah. or just there's a whole variety of of who we're trying to reach and maybe they're celibate maybe they uh, paul says that's the best way to go paul says it's paul the best. says us and who's to, who who's to argue with paul and, you know i'm not gonna argue who's with gonna paul. who's gonna argue with not, paul? not i i'm not i not i so i i think you know as we continue this podcast i think we're gonna dive more into you know more our journeys now you know, now that we've gotten through who who is Mike and who is Jared, now it's, man, what does ministry look like for us uh, now, uh, you know, with a wife, you know, maybe with a family, uh, starting a ministry that, you know, only has the bones, um, you know, trying to keep a ministry alive um, if the Lord has called you to do something like that. So I think that there's a lot for us to, to go on from here. Um, so... Thanks, man. Thank you for yeah, thank you for sharing and and uh, guys, we're excited to to uh, continue talking to you and we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk to you next time. Hey, thank you for listening. Hey, anytime. <laughs>